0: Hi, I'm Thomas. Welcome to the Parachute Advice Podcast. My life has taken a lot of twists and turns, and on this podcast, I will dive into those experiences. The goal is to help everyone listening learn from my experiences and hopefully avoid some of the mistakes I've made. Hi, welcome to today's episode of the Parachute Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas. Today, I want to discuss how I managed my career since the sudden loss of my job over 10 years ago. As I've mentioned from the beginning, in order to be the best person you can be, you must not just focus on one thing. You have to take a holistic approach to your life. This means mentally, physically, financially, and professionally. So here we are on the professional piece. As I mentioned in an earlier mental health episode, it wasn't until I got my career to a good spot that I was able to focus on my health. This is not to say you need to make a ton of money or have a glamorous job, but you do need a situation that is healthy for you. This criteria and what is best for you has to be defined by you. It might be pushing for six-figure income, or it could be a pay cut to get a better work-life balance. It could be leaving a physically demanding career path for a desk job so you can stop beating your body up. Maybe it means less travel for work so you can spend more time with your family and kids. I look back to when I was nine years old and my dad chose to retire at the rank of Lieutenant Colonel from the US Army after a 20 plus year career. Instead of taking a new duty station that would have involved a relocation and uprooted his entire family. At the time he did this, it was not nearly as easy to transition from a military career to the civilian sector. And that is saying a lot, considering this is still a huge struggle for many of our veterans to this day. I think more companies understand the value of service and the leaders that the military builds, but for many years, this was not the case. But back in 1988, it was even harder. Little did he or I know just how lucky his struggle to find a new career would be he got to spend the last two years of his life as a stay-at-home dad. This was some of the most precious time I had with him. He would make breakfast in the morning before school and be there when we got home. He gave up a career for his family, and for some, that may be what is best for your holistic health. Or it could just be a job change to something better. For me, it has been to make sure I'm never left unemployed and on the verge of bankruptcy again. This story began a few years after college. I'd gotten a job as an analyst for a health insurance company. It wasn't my dream job, but I enjoyed it. The pay was good and the work was interesting. I spent most of my time doing research for projects that our executive team was working on. It allowed me to develop a lot of skills I still use to this day. I was at the company for three years when that fateful day hit. I knew it was coming. My manager, frankly, was a terrible people person with little understanding of how to treat employees with respect. She had little to no understanding of how her actions impacted people around her. I will say this is a prime example of taking something negative in your life and making the best of it. I learned a great deal about being a manager by looking at all the things she did wrong. What do I mean by this? Let's take how I knew about my impending layoff. We sat in cubes next to each other, and one day I overheard her on the phone walking through the details of a layoff of one of her analysts that would be occurring in the next month. Well, here's a problem. I was her only analyst, so I was fairly confident it was me. I asked her if anything was going on and if I should polish up my resume, and she flat out lied and said no. I wasn't asking for a straight answer. While that would have been great, I was expecting some sort of heads up like a, well, it's never a bad idea to have an updated resume. At this point, the company had been doing regular layoffs monthly and at times weekly, and everyone had heard the rumors. The big one was coming. It had gotten so bad that most people would check every Thursday if their friends were still there in the afternoon, since Thursday had become known as the layoff day. So there we sat, the impending doom. I was early in my career and frankly naive. I figured I'd get some time off and then jump right into a new job within weeks or months at the worst. Man, was I wrong. There I sat in my cubicle on my 31st birthday when I heard the conversation. Yes, I can bring him down to HR at 1030 tomorrow. Nope, no problem. No problem. I'll tell him it's a last minute project meeting. Great, see you then. So there it was, the day and time was finalized. How was I gonna handle this? Well, first things first, I didn't wanna be that guy. You know the one, the person carrying the box out or in my company's case, the person coming back in on a Saturday escorted to their desk by security to get their stuff. So I stayed late the night before and packed my desk and took it out to my car. The next day I would just have my messenger bag with me. So then the day arrived, and the shock of what was about to happen hit fast. They were doing mass layoffs, 20 to 30 people at a time in a large conference room. By 10 a.m., 50 people I heard had already been let go. So frankly, I said, fuck it. I'm not making this easy for them. So I left and went to lunch at the mall across the street. I didn't have a set lunch hour, so it wasn't unheard of to eat early if the afternoon was filled with meetings. God, was my manager pissed when I came back around noon. She stormed into my cube and said, we need to go to this last minute meeting downstairs. I said, okay, and put my coat on and grabbed my bag. She yelled and said, what are you doing? Just grab a notebook and a pen. It's just a meeting. I laughed and said, I know what this is and I don't plan to have to come back for my stuff. So there we went to a packed room with a bunch of people who thought this was just a last minute HR meeting. Because I was late to the meeting, the only seat left was in the very front of the room. I had to literally climb through the room and over people to my seat. I waved to friends I knew in the room and made comments like, sorry to see you here too. It was at that moment it set in for everyone in the room what was happening. Some people started crying, others started yelling. We spent 30 minutes listening to how the severance package would work and what would happen with our benefits. I even cracked a joke about how I only had 12 hours left in the day to get my sister a payout from the company supplied life insurance policy before it lapsed. At that point, they asked us to quietly exit through a back door to an alley, at which point I just shook my head no and pushed past the security guard and walked out the front door, head held high, knowing that no matter what happened after this day, it would be the last time I let a company control my fate. Ultimately, that day, the company laid off 10% of the workforce, around 200 people. As I mentioned earlier, I figured as I drove home, I would be out of work for a day, a few weeks, maybe a month, And be right back at it. Little did I realize it was about to take me 11 and a half long painful months to get a new job. I made looking for work a full-time job and quickly realized I was going to have to cut my expenses to the bare minimum to make it. At that time I was living with my sister in a house we inherited after my mom had died. The mortgage wasn't terrible split between two people but I had a lot of other expenses due to some very terrible financial choices I had made right after college. I will share more about that and the aspect of things in an episode on personal finance, but let's just say this, do not, I repeat, do not buy a boat. Yeah, it seems completely affordable when you take out a 15-year loan, but it's a nightmare when you lose your job. I was lucky I ended up selling it for just enough to pay off the loan, but by that point I had successfully racked up 20000 in credit card debt, living a lifestyle I should have never been. My net worth was easily five figures negative and I was watching my severance package money dwindle by the day, just trying to stay afloat. I was desperate. I was looking for any work I could find, but it was hard. I worried every day if I would ever get back to work. Frankly, it was soul-crushing. I was quickly losing a sense of myself. My friends tried to be supportive, but they hadn't been through it and didn't understand the full state of my finances. I was also pulling away from people more by each passing day of unemployment. This was all going on as the fallout from the 2008 financial collapse was still stymieing the economy. It wasn't until a good friend of mine made a stupid mistake one night that everything changed. He called in an order for pizza from Pizza Hut. I had been over there helping him pack his house for sale, and he said he'd buy dinner. But somehow, he successfully called the Pizza Hut, clearly across town, instead of the one down the block. So there we were, driving to get this damn pizza that he'd ordered from the wrong place. And keep in mind, this was before most people had smartphones. I had just gotten an iPhone 3G, but using it to navigate was nothing like it is today. So we had to look on a map and figure out how to get there from handwritten directions. It was just when we thought we were totally lost that we passed a massive manufacturing plant. When I say massive, I mean it. The plant was two blocks wide by seven blocks long. I would learn later the main plant floor was just under one million square feet. I went home that night and looked up the company. They had an analyst job in their supply chain group, and it sounded interesting, so I figured, screw it, why not apply? I wasn't finding work anywhere else. I had no experience in this field, but I can learn, so why not try? Ultimately, I didn't get the job, but they were so interested in my background, which included undergraduate degrees in finance and economics, along with three years of project analytics, that they opened up a role for me. I would be their new forecast analyst and help analyze all the issues in the supply chain affecting the company. Think about this. My friend's inability to order pizza from the right Pizza Hut put my entire career onto a trajectory that has turned out to be amazing. I now work full-time in manufacturing and love what I do. I have worked in plants that make amazing equipment, from engines as big as a house, to x-ray tubes, to a plant that made gears as small as 1 inch and up to 40 feet across. They also built transmissions that ranged in size from a few hundred pounds to 50 and 60 tons. I now work in a plant that manufactures the world's largest mining rope shovels in the world. Our largest product weighs 3 million pounds. It's so large, we can't even build it at the plant. We build it in pieces like a puzzle and ship it to the mines. Over the years, I've looked back and reflected on that whole situation and learned a lot. First off, Never be afraid to go outside your comfort zone in your career. If you have drive, you can succeed in anything you put your mind to. Just like my weight loss. Had I continued to only focus on getting back to what I had been doing, I would have never ended up where I am now. For any managers out there who are listening to this, don't be afraid to take a chance on someone with little to no experience in a specific area, but look for a willingness to learn and a drive to succeed instead. But most importantly to everyone struggling now, Remember that during the rough times, some of the best opportunities present themselves. These are the times that shape each of us more profoundly than we will ever realize. So here I sit with a very unique perspective on how to manage your career. First off, you are ultimately the one who controls it. Do not depend on your company or your manager to do this for you. This is not to say they can't or won't help, but it is up to you to drive things. Look at what you want to do and where you want to end up long term. This isn't locked in stone but if you don't know where you're going, how can you plan your path to success? You'll be like a boat without a rudder just circling the great abyss of your career. Once I really knew what I wanted to do, I laid out a plan to get there. Learning quickly what skills you lack to move to the next step in your career will be key. This can come from manager feedback, coworker feedback, a mentor, or one that I've used is interviews. Yes, always be interviewing. First off, This is a perishable skill. And second, any little piece of feedback you get in the process can help you. For example, I recently interviewed for a position that would have been a significant step up and I noted anything that the interviewers seemed to focus on as a negative. That told me these were the things I either needed to be better prepared to speak to or it was a deficit that I needed to improve on. To that point, I update my LinkedIn profile monthly reviewing my current position for new highlights I can add. If I go more than three months with no updates, that's my signal my development and experience may be getting stagnant. Finally, interviewing regularly is a great way to determine your worth in the marketplace. Do you make X dollars and suddenly lateral moves are offering you opportunities for significant raises? Then it's either time to push for a raise or it's time to just move on. Are you a supervisor getting interviews now for a manager or senior manager role? That tells you you are ready for either a promotion or the next step in your career. This is not to say you should use interviews or even offers to make threats. I do not ever do that. If you are unhappy and want to move on, then move on. What made you unhappy will not magically change because you threatened to leave. In an article from the Harvard Business Journal titled, If You're About to Take a New Job, Should You Consider Your Boss's Counteroffer, they discuss, in a recent national survey We conducted about best practices and resignation. Nearly 40% of senior executives and HR leaders alike agreed that accepting a counteroffer from a current employer will adversely affect one's career. The Society for Human Resource Management wrote in an article, The Pros and Cons of a Counteroffer, that about 50% of all employees who accept counteroffers change companies within the following 24 months. They also write, The research shows that accepting counteroffers can harm your career. Almost 60% of hiring managers agree that any employee can be replaced, and 45% said they perceive counteroffers as a short term cure for a long term problem. I've even heard of stories of companies giving huge counteroffers to keep an employee with the intention of replacing them as soon as they can find a replacement. How true this is, I'm not sure, but at the end of the day, it's a dangerous game to play. Keep this thought at the forefront whenever making hard choices at work or trying to decide who to trust. Who truly benefits from the choice being presented? I hate to say it, but it's rarely going to be you. I'll share this email I received early in my manufacturing career after sharing information with a former manager. To be clear, I had just moved from the original equipment group to the service parts group within the same business and company. But it was a former manager who I thought I could trust when he asked me for some information. Turns out I couldn't and it nearly destroyed my career and ultimately led me to moving divisions. This was the feedback I got in an email from a senior leader in the company about that incident. In this company, he wrote, do not trust anyone. Not everybody had the same interest in the information and even worse, not everybody had good intentions with it. The bad thing is that you have no idea of who is and who is not your friend. When people are under pressure in a company, a lot of bad things happen. He then closed with this piece of information. The good thing, if you may call it a good thing, is that you now know who your friends are here. All of this talk of leaving your job doesn't mean you need to leave your company, just your role or the area you were in. I spent seven years with a Fortune 100 company, but progressively moved up in my career by taking new roles in different business units and divisions. Ultimately, I held four positions going from a forecast analyst to a production floor supervisor, all while making sure the moves I made told a story of development and advancement. I also leverage my company's benefits of tuition support to cover the cost of an MBA. Do I think MBAs are worth it? Frankly, not really. But in this day and age, most companies expect a graduate degree to be a manager. I do think getting one while working full-time shows a level of commitment to your career that is impressive for hiring managers. I will tell you this. Do not pay for your MBA. Plenty of companies offer tuition benefits, even if it means you need to stretch it out over three or four years. Do that. Do not take on debt to get an MBA. And be realistic about what school you go to. Unless your company is going to cover it, don't spend your own money or additional money to go to some big name overpriced school. You all know the ones I'm talking about. At the same time, make sure your school has somewhat of a good reputation and isn't a shady fly-by-night online scam or for-profit college. Next up, and one I think is pretty important, is keep your resume updated at all times. You never know when you may need it, whether it's an unexpected layoff like what happened to me or a recruiter that has a great opportunity for you. I make updating my resume part of my monthly LinkedIn review. Think of your resume as the key highlights of your career, as well as your accomplishments. You can add more detail on LinkedIn. Put a link on your resume to your LinkedIn profile and make your LinkedIn profile public. Have multiple people review your resume and LinkedIn profile multiple times. I can't tell you how many times in an interview someone has pointed out a spelling or grammatical error. Once was because I had Microsoft Word set to ignore certain formats for proofreading. Another time the word was spelled right, but it was the wrong word. I personally know I'm a terrible speller, so now I have people proofread my resume and LinkedIn all the time. Second is context. While what you wrote might make sense to yourself because you know the buzzwords or what the project was, an outsider may have no clue what you're saying. Also keep your resume format clean and make sure it uploads cleanly to sites. I now use Google Docs exclusively. And when I update my resume, I print it a PDF so I know the format is universal. Also, make sure your LinkedIn profile is public. I always have mine set as casually looking for new opportunities in the job search settings with only recruiters being able to see that. I also go in every few months and turn off that I'm looking for a job for one day and then turn it back on. I've seen the number of views I get from recruiters jump almost every time I do this, so I suspect what's happening is it moves me up in the searches as if I were a new candidate looking. You should never let your employer know you're looking. It can have very negative impacts on your career. Unfortunately, too many managers and companies see this as disloyal and not what it really is, someone trying to better themselves and their situation. I see it this way personally as a manager. It's my job to make sure my team is so happy that they never wanna take that call or email from a recruiter. But then again, I also meet bi-weekly with each member of my team to touch base on how things are personally, professionally going and to judge best if there's anything I can do to improve things for them or their career. Next is to always be monitoring what is going on internally with your company and be prepared to leave if things look like they're making the turn for the worst. For example, is your industry doing great, the economy booming, But for one reason or another, your company doing furloughs or salary freezes? This is a clear sign of financial trouble. Another trick I use is in my state, they publish mass layoffs on a website with the State Department of Workforce Development. Often companies notify the state at the same time it tells their employees, but not always. The state requires advance notice, but some employers will wait to tell their employees until the last minute. I've also worked at a place that refused to fix a leaking roof, or buy paper and pens throughout the year just to save a few dollars. Hell, it was so bad we used to switch off who would mop out the bathroom of standing water after it rained so that we didn't have to walk clear across campus to go to the bathroom. That company also had such a bad fruit fly and drain fly problem that I would have to bring my lunch bag home and put it in the freezer every day to make sure I didn't open it and let flies out. These were all signs of my opinion that I had to go. It could be as simple as when I was with the insurance company and they were doing regular layoffs over extended periods of time. I should have seen the writing on the wall. It is always easier to get a new job while you have one than once you are out of work. This unfortunately is especially true for people over the age of 40. While it shouldn't exist, to this day, age discrimination is a major issue. I have seen too many people in my career over 40 or 50 get laid off to never get a job back in their area of expertise. Another thing to keep in mind, and one that happened to me, was by waiting till the company did the mass layoff, I was now competing with over 200 other people in my city with similar or better experience. I can't tell you how many people I worked with who got jobs that I had been interviewing for. So get in front of this by knowing when to start looking before you are part of a huge group out of work. I'll tell you now, changing jobs and companies is not easy, but if done correctly and regularly, it can have huge impacts on your long-term success. I've seen too many people stay somewhere they are terribly unhappy just because they're afraid to change jobs. I tell people this, the first six months will be terrible. You're learning everything from scratch. But after that, it starts to get easier. And by 12 to 18 months, it'll feel like you've worked there your entire career. If you move jobs or companies, don't panic in those early days and run back to your old company out of fear. I've seen this happen all too often. I personally also think working for multiple organizations gives you so much exposure to different ways of doing things, you become that much more valuable. As I record this, I have been able to increase my annual compensation by two and a half times in 10 years. I credit this to me taking full control of my career. Another thing to watch is benefits designed to lock you in at a company. I'm not saying these are necessarily bad, just be sure to understand what they're doing. For example, do they offer a pension instead of a 401k or restricted stock unit bonuses with extended vesting periods? For example, I know several people that work for companies in different industries that regularly give out RSUs, restricted stock units, with a three-year vesting period, meaning that you don't see the full value until you've been there for three years. I have one friend who will get a significant bonus in this form every year with the three-year vesting period. So in essence, no matter when he decides to leave, he will be forced to leave money behind. Also, make sure you factor in the entire compensation package, not just salary. I'm currently at a company that offers an 8% 401k match, which is rare. More common, it's 4% to 6%. So I need to factor that in when I move on. Also, what's the cost of health insurance? How good is the health insurance? Will you have to change doctors? These are all things that you need to think about. Thankfully, more and more good companies share a lot of this info early in the interview process or right on their career webpage. I was just looking at a company's career webpage that had the entire breakdown of the cost for all of their benefits. If they don't share this, don't be afraid to ask for it when they make an offer. Be polite and professional and simply state, I need to evaluate the total compensation package to know if this is the right fit for me and my family. Here's something I need to get off my chest. Do not Ever let a company, a recruiter, a third-party recruiter, or anyone you interact with during your career search treat you poorly. You deserve respect. Any person or company that finds that acceptable to be disrespectful is not a place you wanna work. I personally keep a list of places that were rude, disrespectful, or just downright terrible during the interview process, and I do not work with them, and I would never entertain opportunities with them. I just politely say I'm not looking at this time if they reach out to me. To that point, don't put up with the same at your current role. I once worked in an organization where my manager and his manager would regularly gaslight employees. For those of you who have never heard the term gaslighting, here is its definition. Gaslighting is a colloquialism loosely defined as making someone question their own reality. The term may also be used to describe a person who represents a false narrative to another group or person, which leads them to doubt their perceptions and become misled, disoriented or distressed. I distinctly remember the day I was told I had screwed up a major forecast to pull up the email from my manager saying to use those numbers in the forecast and specifically not to use the ones I had put together for him to turn around and say, that's not what the email says. You clearly misread my email and you screwed up. He followed this up with the classic, you're lucky I don't just fire you for not being able to understand my emails. That was the moment I knew I had to leave. If you aren't sure if you should leave, listen to those around you, listen to your gut. Sometimes the subtle cues can help you know what needs to happen. I was just talking to someone who told me the story of how they came home from work and their wife immediately asked them, what happened today at the office? I haven't seen you this relaxed or this happy in years. It was that moment he realized what his next move was because he had not been at work that day, but volunteering to build houses for Habitat for Humanity as part of a work-sponsored opportunity. So there you are, you know you need to make a change, either for your mental health, family life, or because the writing's on the wall. It's now the time to start the long, and tedious job search process. In the next episode, I will cover my entire job search process in detail. I leave you today with this quote from one of the great Stoics, Epictetus. How long are you going to wait before you demand the best for yourself? Thank you for listening. And I look forward to you joining me for future episodes of the Parachute Advice Podcast. You can contact me at parachuteadvicepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's all one word, ParachuteAdvicePodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at ParachuteAdvice. Thank you for listening, and please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.